was that? Good evening, humans. Greetings, Earthlings. I call them humans. Well, I hope they are, but they may or may not be. <laughs> that's right. They are among us. Well, that's true. We don't know who or who or what may be listening to this podcast. Yeah, the ones that were here in the past could have left a couple of people to keep an eye on us, you know. And for all we know, time travel may be more possible than we think. Oh, I think so. We underestimate the uh, abilities of our our own achievements and uh, <laughs> thinking of what a, a few thousand years would give us. So time yeah. travel, time travel, and uh, uh, what these things called black holes, and uh, traveling through these wormholes that they say are available to space, and maybe space travelers are out there utilizing all of this, and that's why we arrive at the uh, the planet that we live on. Well, which, that's that's what I tried to tell my fourth grade teacher. I said the black hole ate my homework. Yeah, she didn't go for it. Tonight we're going to discuss the uh, the wonders of the ancient past, and uh, we have a couple of pieces of uh, audio that uh, came across our uh, agenda, and uh, we thought that we'd share that with you. It's a uh, and once again we're really we're talking about technology, ancient technology again. Yeah, it's sort of it's sort of overlooked technology. I I, I say because. Uh, we were dumbfounded when we, we first looked at it, and now years have passed, and when we, re, when we reevaluate our analysis of our, our past uh, findings on these uh, t- alleged uh, mysterious uh, technology of, uh, in application in the past, uh, it, it becomes more intriguing. So... Um, the, this um, individual that we're going to let you listen to has uh, opened up another uh, avenue of discovery and awareness of this uh, <clears throat> use of uh, granite in uh, the mm. past and unusual uh, property to work with because of its hardness and its... Uh, in a, how basic that is, right? Like, like we're sitting here talking saying the word technology and we're starting with rocks right yeah <laughs> funny isn't that funny the the the, uh, the rocks that we see all outside our house and how how all those rocks are you know we wonder uh, how the, what the history of them the, what the history of some of these rocks and, and the and the and the ancients who, who chose to to use granite for their uh, their um Perfectionate, uh, it's long statues, lasting. Statues that long lasting granite have lasted. <laughs> I mean, uh, the choice of the substance is really uh, under uh, underestimated uh, the value of that that particular substance because the achievement of the the work that's been done on some of these statues are so uh, ex- extraordinary, beautiful that they wind up in in museums today because. We look at them at, uh, with amazement. But, so it really um, all starts with the rock, but then it's what technology was used to do that to the rock. Exactly. And so this is Marcus Allen. Um, he's he's pretty well known. He's the editor, uh, the UK editor of Nexus magazine. And he did a pretty awesome job here talking about rocks and what technology 
tells us, you know, what, what the, what the archeology span tells us about, well, he's basically pointing out that there's, there's a lot of question marks about what, how they could have achieved this with the lack of tools back then. With, even su what we have with such ease. It's pretty amazing. Check this out. So this with is, such ease that this, they, it, it, mm -hmm. it was worldwide. The, this application of, of large rock. Yeah, the, well, I guess the points that he makes here really do have worldwide implications because it's the same. You're right. It's all of these things that you've talked about. You, you would need technology to, to, to move the rock, especially since the quarries were, were so many miles from the place of uh, yeah. the site. Hey, listen to how heavy heavy this, this really is in a lot of ways, more ways than one. All right, I'll stop talking. <laughs> now, I'm asking one question today. It's to do with the granite of Egypt. In Egypt, there's a lot of granite. How was it cut? How is it separated from the bedrock? We'll look at what it looks like in the bedrock when we go to the unfinished obelisk. How is it carved? How is it shaped? How is it smoothed? Because some of it is really spectacular when you look at the detail of it. And how was it removed from the Aswan quarry and placed in position? We're not talking little lumps of rock here. Now, I have a rock box. This box represents one cubic foot. I know, because I made it. If that was granite, it would weigh the same as me. 180 pounds or thereabouts. Most stone weighs about that. If it was full of water, it would weigh just over 60 pounds. Pretty well too heavy to lift. If it's full of air, you can lift it. Now in it, my rock box, there's three types of stone. We need to get it sorted. This is limestone. This is from the Carrera, quarry, Carrera Marble Quarry in Italy. This is sandstone. Now, sandstone is made basically of compressed quartz, other material, other minerals. Compressed under pressure. This is from my garden. And a piece of granite from the Giza Plateau. And a piece of granite from Aberdeen. They come in different colors. And they're all about the same weight. Now, this particular piece of granite has been melted. You may not think that's very strange. But anybody who's ever tried to melt granite with an oxyacetylene torch, which most people would think of as the thing to, will know that it's extremely dangerous. It just flakes off. Because the different components of granite melt at different temperatures. This has been melted with Brown's gas. If you're not familiar with Brown's gas, check it out on the internet, but it's named after Yule Brown, who was a Hungarian, who identified it. It's the electrolysis of water, which produces hydrogen and oxygen as a gas. Combine the two, and you get Brown's gas. And it, will ha it has remarkable properties, one of which is the neutralization of nuclear waste. But we're not getting into that area now. We're going to go to Egypt. Okay. 
And I know it's a little detailed and I know it sounds a little boring, uh, uh, what, what he's uh, speaking about, but the, uh, cause we're talking about rocks because yeah, we're talking about rocks and you know, uh, you know, it's not really, uh, it doesn't sound so spectacular, but, uh, as, as you listen to him and you, and you, you follow what he's trying to point out, um, the unusual choice of granite and it's, uh, and the substance of its, um, moving it uh and the size of working with uh huge pieces of it uh there's a section in this uh where he describes a uh a uh, obelisk that's still in the quarry and surrounding this obelisk is a a trench that was dug into the granite surrounding the uh, obelisk so uh it, 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 there's a, a picture of a, of a camera uh, man uh, standing in that trench, uh, and it's about six feet deep. And there's a hole at one end, which enables a worker to go down below the obelisk and chip away at the, uh, or whatever way he was using to loosen up the, uh, the bottom of the obelisk from, from the granite. And uh, for some reason, it was never removed from the quarry. There's also a uh, an obelisk uh, type of rock in Lebanon, um, and it's uh, quite large. There's a still in the quarry, and it's and it's about fifteen hundred tons, which is an awful lot of weight. And uh, there's a picture of a a fellow standing on top of it, and uh, he looks like an ant, you know. The, 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 the. Yeah, and, and he points out, it's like, it's what strikes me is like the difference between the sandstone and the limestone and then how dense granite is and how difficult it is to cut, that today we carve with diamond tips, which have never been found in ancient Egypt. Right. So no, there's no evidence of that being in their tools, in their toolbox. Yeah, in their toolbox, um, yeah. He's pointing out uh, the, the chemical that, he claims it was in the, I guess, the sample that he took himself, maybe from the pyramid, hmm. that seemed to indicate that it was treated with the chemical causing the melting. It's very, that's a whole other thing. There. Yeah, there, there was a little speculation that uh, I, I find yeah. it kind of hard to uh, accommodate all of the rock. I mean, you, you know, you could say a couple of rocks were, were had this application, but to say all of those rocks would ha would have a uh, softener applied like a uh, a coating uh smeared onto the uh, the surface of the granite which would uh allow it to be manipulated yeah and i mean take the uh the pyramids them themselves i mean the yeah if we jump to the the pyramids and we and we look at the uh, the, the strange uh, aspects of that uh I find a, a, a new uh, angle that uh, I never saw before because I always looked at the pyramid as a four-sided object. Uh, and uh, Like most people. Like most people. But uh, I've come across information that has uh, shown that um, the pyramid is, when looked at from above, now you have to, you have mm. to imagine yourself 
are in the perfect place where you can, you know. Yeah, well, the best observation point to see the 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 whole total uh, yeah, is right above is right directly yeah. above it. So it, just try to picture yourself in a in a, in a helicopter or something, just sitting above. Uh, well, just picture yourself sitting uh, on top of the pyramid and looking down. Up there, fly your little drone up there. I'm yeah. sure they don't allow it. Well, so. yeah. Well, <laughs> now, when you look straight down at, at that point, at down at the pyramid, there's a there's an indentation in the in the sides, uh, all four sides that that concave inward. The 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 indentations when when you see them from a certain point in the day. You, you can appreciate the uh, the whole purpose of the pyramid. The, this, indi- this indentation in the pyramid shows a shadow. As the sun rises in the east and the west, it causes a, a shadowing effect on this particular bend in the pyramid. Yeah, and instead those- of a flat surface like most pyramids, the Giza pyramid has a slight concave indentation. Which is a, a, a an awesome achievement, uh, arch, uh, you know, uh, uh, in in building uh, concept for for the rock to be pointing. How did they line? How, how did they, they how did they line the rocks to indentate upward? So in effect, they, they it's made into eight sections. Now those so eight slightly. sections are subdivided into ninety minute movements of the sun. Well, yeah, and there was certain um, when you combine of, them up. Yeah, there's certain um, seasons. I think when they made certain shadows as well. Yeah, but it, so it, it really, it really it, was a sundial. It, it, well, it acted as a tremendous clock right. uh, to for 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 uh, growing uh, your harvest, uh, and and the uh, the achievement of that in itself to just to to say that this achievement was done how did they get that that information in such a precise way that they could say okay let's build it we got it down we know that the sun is going to rise and it divides the whole the whole system of that eight sides divides into 12 so now you have 12 months in the year you have 12 hours and a half a day which double it, you have twenty-four. So they're, they're every ninety on, minutes, yeah. <clears throat> every ninety minutes, that shadow would change to the to the next ninety minutes. So if you were working in the area and you needed to know, <laughs> interestingly, it's just what time of day it may be. I guess that this stuff wasn't really well documented either. It's like I don't know. Yeah, because. Uh, it's overlooked. I mean, it's it's sort of taken for granted all these aspects of the the Great Pyramid, other than that its alignment uh, with the stars of uh, the Cirrus uh, constellation, and uh, that that the the computer was fed the information that was thought to exist to explain the construction method, and that then that the computer kicked out that. It wouldn't work with the amount of slaves that they uh, calculated would be needed to move and transport these large stones. They would have to be put into place one every 90 seconds and uh, without telephones, without any way of communicating, 
you know, we have enough problems with today with cell phones and, and things like that. Right. You know, uh, just think about what are they doing? Hey, uh, move that rock another 20 feet, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, and some of the way that these things have been explained. Yeah, they so explain it to be pulled on trees, uh, rollers. Where was the trees? There was a few Well, a which few can trees. be done, but it takes a tremendous effort to move one stone. Oh, my it God. Takes forever. The, the, the amount of, uh, I mean, and we didn't have highways then. What were we dragging it over? <laughs> you know, sand? Uh we're going to let let's you listen go, let's to, go back uh, to his name is marcus allen and yeah sorry guys in the in the podbean room i'm a little slow to respond because i'm i'm using uh one device for too many things at once and that's where the <laughs> feedback came from earlier so we'll tune into uh, this guy again uh, i forgot one cable so i got in the situation here it happens anyways thank you for bluetooth so <laughs> uh again this is marcus allen uh editor of nexus magazine in the uk and As no, this is not the uh, football player. No, this is just the uh, uh, another fellow who's interested in the. Uh, this is a fellow who's very interested in the. Uh, I mean, he's talking about rocks, and it makes a the lot technology of sense. that sense. We have the indication as to how it's built. The difference between the granite and the limestone. So he, he's talking about the king's chamber here in the, mm -hmm. in the Giza pyramid. inside the pyramid. And the famous sarcophagus, as it's called, which indicates it was used to bury somebody. There's no, there's no evidence for that. And that's what we're looking at today, evidence. The, the sarcophagus, the box, it's hollow. It's hollow. And if you care to measure the surfaces, both of the inside and the outside of this box, they are perfectly parallel to each other. They are completely flat in that they are what would be described as optically flat. Hmm. It's one piece of granite, which if you do the calculation, you can find out that it weighs about four tons, four and a half tons. Around it in the room, which is quite a big room, the king's chamber, is lined with granite and above it, are five layers of granite beams, which weigh about 70 tons each, Seven, 45 of 70 them. tons each. Now, but bear in mind, this is all 150 foot above ground level. So you have to work out how you get a 70 ton block of granite 150 foot into the air. It's about just a bit shorter than the height of Nelson's column, as an indication as to its position. And a lot of people will say, oh, it can't be done. We don't have cranes even today that can lift that. Well, actually, we do have cranes that could do that. It would take about eight days to erect the crane in position, and it couldn't move, but it could lift. Well, modern cranes can lift up to 3,000 tons. So you go onto a website or you search for massive cranes, and you'll find them all there. Some of them are mobile but they're not mobile while they're working. They're mobile to shift them from site to site. So in the King's Chamber, we have the first evidence of some pretty advanced technology. Why is a box, which incidentally is too big to go through the only entrance into the King's Chamber, it's too big by about an inch. So it had to be placed in there before the pyramid was completed. Otherwise you couldn't get it in. Why? 
what's all what's going on it's a real mystery as to what the Egyptians were trying to achieve we don't know they didn't leave any records as to what they were doing they probably thought it was so easy to do and common and they didn't bother to write about it outside the pyramids you have the Sphinx worth going to if you can get into the Sphinx enclosure it's worth a visit because around the edge of the Sphinx enclosure are the famous water eroded sides which indicates the age of the Sphinx being much older than we're told it is two and a half thousand years no, four and a half thousand years old two and a half thousand BC or thereabouts the ages I'm not really too concerned about the pharaohs I'm not really too concerned about because that's not what we're here to look at in order to make the Sphinx enclosure just to go back the Sphinx is below existing ground level you'll see around it those uh, sides which appear to have been eroded by water that erosion doesn't occur through um, wind erosion and it's quite it's quite big so when they hollowed out the Sphinx enclosure where did they put the bits that they dug out they might they put them up it's called the Valley Temple which is just next door to the Sphinx if you look at the face of the Sphinx it's to the left there are two temples one is called the Valley Temple the other is called the Sphinx Temple and very very few people have been into the Sphinx Temple the one directly in front of it because nobody knew it was there because it was under sand for, till about 70 80 years ago the Valley Temple this is the outside of the Valley Temple the inside of the Valley Temple is lined with granite you see at the top left the outside walls of limestone but the inside is granite and some of the granite stones are not just blocks of granite they have been carved into L shapes the top set so that's something that we've talked about before those L shaped blocks yeah the way that they grooved these they're just fitted kind of randomly together but cut in a way like they most notably the ones in in Peru in Sasayawaman mm -hmm. is are the blocks that look like to me they look like melted Tootsie Roll pops uh, you remember when years ago you had the Tootsie Roll in a, in a wrapper mm -hmm. and it came in little sections oh yeah the really big one <laughs> yeah the wall and you could you could squeeze That's kind it of what this rock looked like that was weathered by the water right you well, no, I'm talking about in Peru, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the way that those rocks are, are cut with different angles. And it's almost like they were cut on site because they, there's some of them with like 13 angles on, on one rock. That's like each rock had to be custom cut. That, you yeah, know the I, wall that I showed you? It is not the, laying square, uniform bricks, one on top of the other. Right, right. Not the that. You the normal the brick details. pattern that you see mm -hmm. in, in homes across America the, that brick pattern uh, by Masons you know is you it's pretty universal you know there's all different variations of it but the pattern is always uh, two and then one above it and middle, two and one above it yeah yeah the crisscrossing right. yeah. but in, in the Sasewaman uh, temple walls the walls are so massive and so and so curved and almost like they were they were heated and molded into 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 the positions because there's no mortar 
holding them yeah, together. It's like if you took a, a square and you just like lanced off one of the corners, and then there's another rock that comes in, and it must be cut to 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 coincide with yeah, that to one coincide with that one. Yeah, and, and, and it's like and a jigsaw so, puzzle. And, and 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 then the one over it fits a certain way on yeah. it, and then it also it's touching Each two one or three is other rocks. Each one cut. Yeah, and they're all those faces are like you know compressed together yeah. with, with no more it's an amazing with, thing that you you sometimes you you look at it and you and you don't you don't see the the implication of it yeah um, unless you look a little unless you look, look a little closer and look at it differently right well when it, when it's pointed out by someone who who's a profession a professional in the in the field of uh rock you know there's a <laughs> rock is a lot uh, uh is a big business i mean uh uh, walls of all kinds have been constructed uh, on homes all around the world, and and, and they notice the these masons who, who work on these kinds of projects. When they look at something like that, they say, "Wow, that's truly unusual." You know, and and how did they move them? You know, well, how did I they... like what he said. Yeah, right at the beginning of that second clip, where that you know he he's kind of quick on the move. This guy's full of facts. Um, I encourage you guys to look him up, Marcus Allen. Yeah, this but, guy, Marcus Allen, uh, uh, he, he's followed the Von Daniken uh, theory since uh, since uh, its inception, and he's been a big fan of the uh, of Von Daniken. And, his, and it takes a approach. geologist. I, I'm assuming he's got that type of background. Or yeah, so it, you know, to appreciate a lot of a lot of people uh, write off uh, these 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 fantastic <laughs> facts about the, these these applied uh, technologies i call them i constantly call them technologies because th these these achievements are i don't know they're overlooked okay so we can take a, a 50 ton rock or 70 ton rock like those beams and we can we have a crane you know that can move it today but like he said it's only pivoting it, it takes eight days to set it up and then it can only pivot from Right, it's a, a big project to move it. The radius is that it can cover. And when it needs to move, it, it's a big project <laughs> because it has to be taken yeah, down. It's not going and to go 500 miles away and just trucking on down the the, the highway, the wilderness, when there was no highway. Yeah, there was no I-95, you know, <laughs> and no um, no Long Island Expressway. So the, these achievements are, are studied years ago. Those those achievements uh, were recognized as misunderstood and they wrote them down and people accepted New York them homeowners are getting free and they accepted these findings and they were taught in schools people accepted the findings that rocks were used but never to the extent that now you see how much rock formations are existing on the planet i mean why all the emphasis on rock oh I, one of the other things he, he pointed out that you kind of have to get a visual on, but I'm going to do my best here. Um, the, you know, that he had in cases where there was granite next to limestone there, the, the granite was cut to fit the limestone instead of the other way around, which could have easily been done with the limestone, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so it's like when granite is that much harder to cut, why choose that one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like he showed doorways where mm -hmm. where the rocks were about oh six inch the two big stones on both sides were mm -hmm. making up most of the doorway. There was another six inches on top, 
and there was another big rock there and all this stuff. Uh, l- l- like, let me, why let me, make it let me, hard on yourself? Let me point out there's there's an interesting um, technique in, in a drawer. In most drawers on, on home furniture, the front drawer is, is put together with a technique called dovetail mm-hmm. cuts, okay? This technique is called a dovetail because it has the, uh, the, 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 the similarity of, a, of a, the tail of a dove, mm. which is a, uh, it's sort of like a pyramid shape, uh, okay? Uh, and th- this dovetailing was used to hold the, the inside wall of the drawer to the front part of the drawer. So when you, sometimes uh, doors, uh, drawers would lose the front piece and sometimes it would fall off. And you take a notice and you look down at the, the connection point, and it has this pyramid kind of shape cut, which was used by Frank Lloyd Wright as a construction technique to strengthen the connection point. Instead of having a connection point that has the ability to slip in and out, he created a triangular shape that when, it's, when, when the other piece is placed into that triangular, it, it's supported by the, 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 the triangular shape. Now that's why it's called the dovetail cut. In Puma Puko, there's there's rocks that are full of this this application of dovetail cutting. How would you cut dovetails with a with a chisel? It has to be done today. When you do dovetail on wood, you run it through a mill, and it slices the whole channel in that in that triangular shape, and each piece is the same. If you were to do it with, with granite or, or diamite, which is a volcanic stone, you would need a diamond-tipped a drill to do it, and you would need a, a, a place of precision, of like a factory uh, to, to uh, manufacturing to do this with machinery because you wouldn't get the accuracy for the, for the rocks after they were constructed to be fit together like Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright's designs were, were probably based a little bit on the much on the uh, on the Puma Puku constructions of those mm-hmm. rocks, because that dovetail construction is used today in in uh, carpenter carpentry, and I've seen it, and and it's an unusual technique because to use it on granite and and diamite is is completely and, baffling and but the detail <clears throat> on some of the statues of the, of the pharaohs yeah. i mean it's exquisite <laughs> exquisite like how do you shape a face cheeks and eyes and in granite it's with, a one-shot deal you get a uh, one shot at it if it doesn't come out right you got to throw it away but how do you do it with a with another rock I mean, how were they doing it? How, how could they carve granite in that way? They show a piece of uh, rock about six inches in diameter. It looked like a, like a gigantic uh, meatball. And uh, they have a, a person in, in Egypt holding this rock, and this is what they took a photo of uh, to say, well, this is what he used. Mm. But in... in uh, and this explanation that that's uh, depicted in these um, 
what's his name? Uh, Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen. Mm-hmm. I get him. I'm a football fan. <laughs> That's so. another guy. Yeah, I keep uh, thinking of football. Uh, <laughs> The uh, Marcus, uh, Mr. Marcus Allen uh, points out that there's some groove marks in this uh, rock, granite, which indicate mechanical like drilling uh, or something. Drilling, which like. you couldn't get it with rock uh, pounding <laughs> because you would be pounding. You could be there no, for 10 it, years it, pounding it the rock. It showed uh, precision, but it, and so does the results of these artworks, you know, it's... Um, it's quite astounding. Yeah, because the balance, the balancing, and it usually it, it comes right down the center, you know, and and the, if it's perfectly bad, the symmetry yeah. is exactly the yeah. same, and and you could do that with plaster because you, you would be using your eye to to work the plaster into just the shape. Oh, and, and this, he was talking about the the what looked like water damage on the Sphinx, mm-hmm. um, because his point is that it, he believes that it predates what when they say the Sphinx was built, that is, it's actually much older. I think he was talk, was maybe talking about the Ice Age or something. <laughs> Not yeah, that that's exactly what he was <laughs> talking about. I guess so. That's, God, that's... It's pretty, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, that's why it fits in with the... Uh, the uh, see, they try to f- find out who built the pyramids, and they attribute it to Khufu. But yet, there's there's so much evidence that it dates back to this Akhenaten, who was a enlogated head individual believed in the sun disk, which is depicted in all of these uh, photos where they uh, adore. It, and it's like a, it's like there's a, it's like a headpiece that they're you know that makes their head elongated. So maybe they were emulating some type of higher power spiritual well no the, these are the, these are the gods that were emulated these are these are the osiris and uh the family of osiris depicted in these ways uh, look at look at the uh they can't really look but yeah no <laughs> what i'm saying when, when you when we look at these photos of these uh these uh, structures that the egyptians put together it's 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 an amazing accomplishment. I mean, we take for granted the uh, the beauty of it all, and you, you really, when you go to a museum and you see what's uh, uh, in, in store for your eyes, you know. I saw the uh, Tutankhamun exhibit, which was at the Metropolitan Exhibit uh, Museum in the City, and it was beautiful. Uh, you know, the, the mask that uh, Tutankhamun, the child pharaoh, wore. It's extraordinary. I mean, it's just masterful in its design, and, and the, the beauty of it is just astounding. Yeah, you, you, when you see it in person, it, it, it hits you. There's a picture of it on on some of my books, and uh, it's on the page right here, which is an amazing um, photo because it it, it 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 brings all the color to 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 the surface. You see the blue, you see the gold, and the and the use of these these materials. You know, it, it seems like uh, this is their their idea of Tiffany's. <laughs> I uh, I'm amazed at the uh, the workmanship that comes off the uh, the Egyptians. They had masterful uh, cosmetics. 
They had masterful jewelry and uh yeah and and so they had some ability to work with stone and metals you know and um you know at least gold could be melted but granite but such a yeah (laughs) but such an emphasis on working with with stone Mm -hmm. you know you know i don't know the purpose of 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 the choice of working with such a a consistency of, of uh, heavy material. Why why not work with uh, something a little smaller or lighter? Wax, <laughs> something you can mold. Because <laughs> I mean, it's for everlasting. You know, that's one thing. Yeah, that's pretty. That's obviously. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, if they wanted everything to last forever, I mean, this was the, the choice uh, rock but to use. How how they did it hasn't been explained, and and. You know, the pyramid in 20 years, is it just doesn't work. I, lo- I love when I hear the, the distances and they say some of this uh, stuff was transported 500 miles away. And I say, 500 miles? Wow. Jeez. That's, that's not down the block, you know. That's halfway across the United States. Uh, how, how, did, how did they get this stuff there? They can't keep changing logs. What did they have? A truckload of uh, fresh cut logs down, down by the station. Okay, boys, we need to roll some more rocks for the pyramid. We got to get them in place. What's interesting is okay. There's hypothesis. Hypo- well, there's one hypothesis that's they had help, but then there's no evidence, right? There's no. They didn't seem to leave us any. Well, we have the light bulbs that we talked about before the things that look like mm-hmm. light bulbs and some of the, the carvings, mm-hmm. um, the fact that the pyramid takes in water from the Nile. Mm-hmm. Um, how is it lit and all of that kind of stuff. But, but the, the pyramid itself is so such an unusual wonder. I mean, it, it's in the list of the wonders of the world. And to me, it's the apex of, of wonders. Because um, everything from its 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 location to its uh, size to its uh, uh, its uh, position, like Orion's belt. Yeah, the the the, 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 the placement of, the three, of those of the three, pyramids. three pyramids, and uh, and to say that the uh, the Giza pyramid was a, a place of uh, placement for the f- mummies. There was never any mummies found in the uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza, and that's what that's what it's very intriguing because the findings of of a different use for the pyramid come to light with uh, the application of modern technology, uh, such as uh, Christopher Dunn has done some fantastic work on the. Uh, the idea that the Great Pyramid was actually a, a generator of some kind, because uh, there's there's signs of uh, underneath the pyramid, there's an access point for water to enter the the base of the pyramid directly underneath from the Nile, depending on the the changing of the uh, tide, and um, it bring it it brought water directly underneath the water underneath the base of the pyramid would act as a pulsating uh, effect 
to an application of what they found in the uh, the king's one of the chambers in the pyramid, and uh, it's a far out you know theory, and it's uh, it's been discredited uh, allegedly by people who think it's completely nonsense. But what, what the more the you other, look at it, mm-hmm. uh, there's evidence that uh, the pyramid was not. Uh, a mummy uh, thing. Uh, it, it, there's there's chambers in there that are larger than the uh, Statue of Liberty, and that's a large space. And that cavern, for what use of that cavern inside there to to be placed, and the construction techniques that would be needed to move around, not just pieces of wood, but granite. Tons. Tons of tons granite. And tons I mean, and tons. you're talking about a project that's like, it's so hard to imagine, uh, not just the, the size of the pyramid, but all the all the stone that's involved inside the pyramid. I mean, I, I mean I, I'm surprised they didn't just find a hieroglyph where someone's yelling, Shazam, and the pyramid was built. Yeah, right. I did it <laughs> overnight, you know. And, and and the other thing about the pyramid, too, that uh, that intrigues me is these uh, uh, these hieroglyphics that are, that are done inside the pyramid after the pyramid was constructed with no uh torch uh, no source of light and no, no source no they didn't switch the light you know on they didn't have a uh a, a, a switch uh, that would be like we do we go into a room we throw the switch they had an they had a form of lighting which is depicted in a temple in dandara and it shows what looks like a, a huge bulb-like device connected to some kind of snake that, that acts like a filament inside the uh, alleged uh, bulb-like shape. <laughs> and it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's it, to me, it looks like a, a, just a giant light bulb. I mean, it's got a uh, uh, another symbol uh piece of structure that's holding the bulb even that even electricity would you know where's the evidence of it it it, it does the it does that's two things that's i mean it's supportive of the they had help theory the fact that there is we can't explain how they did it and there doesn't seem to be evidence of what i believe if you look at everything has to be done with some kind of powerful Hand, handed down information <laughs> I think, or, or magic or whatever the heck it, technology that enabled them to achieve that it's, and, which it, still it's been explain. suggested that these obelisks that were positioned in in and around areas in egypt uh, were made of a substance that the tip of it on the top had a a stone that was different than the granite and it had magnetic uh, properties to it, the stone. And during certain mag- certain storms, they were able to utilize the electricity in the air because these obelisks would attract. It's starting to sound like Tesla a little bit. I know it's starting <laughs> to sound science fictionist, but there's the, the other thing that really sticks out at me is the, when I see that, the mixing of animal and human in the depictions. Um, and then it makes me think about these cow mutilations <laughs> that happened today yeah. uh, and DNA. And yeah, well that, uh, then, then we get into that discussion of that, that symbol, 
the medical symbol for the DNA manipulation. Yeah, I mean, you know, the medical I, symbol. I, Where did that? How did that come about? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, it indicates a, uh, a symbol of life. The uh, the two snakes, the double is, helix, the double thing. helix, and it was, uh, you know. It, we we try to say, oh yeah, they knew about it. Yeah, but how did they know about it? I mean, the, the, these are supposed to be societies that were just striving, uh, striving to, to to survive. I mean, yeah, and you see a lot of uh, use of feathers too, like and, or flying or uh, yeah, winged winged wings, yeah. wings and feathers and uh, you know, it, there was no words in the in the vocabulary like the word flying. First of all, flying was not that word was the, the, the languages of these people at the time was not English. Mm-hmm. So the word flying would, would have to be interpreted with uh, words like birds or yeah, something I that's mean, symbolic mm-hmm. of, of something that does. Yeah. Fly. Maybe that's what those animal heads mean that they just were almost like the American Indians, right? Where they take, take the name of animals and things like that to, as a spiritual connection to nature. But the, <laughs> there's a symbol that's often captured in a lot of these hieroglyphics, and it's the ankh. It's held in the hand. Mm-hmm. It's worn around the neck. Is that is yeah. that thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The loop? It's yeah. like a cross, with, but at the middle of it is a loop. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that symbol has been described to represent uh, the human and other people say oh it's a it's a key and yet there's there's rocks in uh, South America that have statues with them holding what looks just like that a, a large ankh so the, the ankh could be some kind of device uh, Yes, and Harry Potter showed up and made the pyramid with one swoop of his hand. <laughs> Something <laughs> these, like that. These little devices that you see, uh, you know, interpreted as a uh, a used object, like there's a, a symbol with the eyeball. Yeah, you see, you see the eye a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. the eye of Horus. Mm-hmm. And you see the bird heads. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that's where maybe that's the I, flying. I, yeah. That's uh, that's how that you would get back. That's how you would get to Mars, basically. And here we are today with just a little more miles to the gallon needed, I guess, where Tesla might be taking us to Mars next. You know, the sun god. They adored this sun disk, <sighs> which emanates the rays down to the. Uh, to the people, the sun disk. Akhenaten, uh, that was 1352 B.C. Yeah, they, they, once his reign was over, they, they tried to erase his name from uh, the walls. You know, they, they chipped away at his, uh, his face. They tried to erase him because he believed in one creator. He believed that there was... Uh, a uh, 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 Naughton. Uh, well, if you look name? at the, I mean, a sun god is what it, it kind of looks like. But when you think about it, it's an orb with rays of light coming out yeah, of it. Yeah, a winged disc. That's, That's what it's there symbolic. There are depictions of winged discs, yes. Yeah, here's That's one here. True. Look at the wings, how they uh, fly out here, right here. I'm not sure where the dung beetle fits into all this. 
Well, the dung beetle is <laughs> an interesting. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll save that one for. All right, a, that's another story. A Sunday brunch show or something. <laughs> they have they had something that we cannot explain to do all this with, especially granite carvings. Yeah, granite I mean, statues, when you look at the precision in in this, the lips, the, the nose, lip, the face, and, and the, the cheeks, you, you would this, think that it was done today the by a sculpture of the of the human body in the the way that they achieved that is. They look real. It look they did. Yeah, they look, look at look at the 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 lines. I mean, it's the it's decorative. Are perfect. Mm-hmm. It's <sighs> almost like how was it done with a machine, or was this uh, just a, a easy to do? It's just this, you go to school and you learn how to do it. <laughs> Character with this large hat, it's covering his skull because it's it's enlarged. All these pharaohs. In the first dynasty, had these large heads. Well, that's just showing brains. Come on, man. Yeah, they had a lot on. <laughs> they had a lot in their, on their mind, you know. I think that's where Saturday Night Live got the cone heads from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those of you old enough to know that reference, but um, you know, well, it, it, it's funny that we're talking about technology in in the ancient times, and we start with rock. Because granite being of the density it is, it's just it's it's not easy to work with, and it's, it, it and was, the obsession it the, with it. It was the the um, you know the obviously what they you know, that was their favorite thing to use back then, even though it would be the hot one of the hardest to work with. So my sister worked for the airlines back in the the seventies and. She took a, a trip to Egypt, and she took a, 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 a tourism down the river, the Nile, to uh, the Valley of the Kings. And mm. she says, Robert, she says, you, you can't believe the size of these things when, until you see them in the person. You can see the, every picture you want in a book, and the pictures can be enlarged. But she said, but when, you, when you're there and you, and you look at them, you're like, you're like, oh my god! And, and I never, I never forgot her saying that. She says, "It's just, uh, it, it was worth, worth the wait to go, and and the trip down the uh, It took like three hours down the the the, the, the Nile, <laughs> but uh, it was a hot uh, time of the year when she went. But she said she was just blown away by how much is there, how much of of this stuff is all over the place, you know. <laughs> And most of it was all covered in sand. You know, here's another picture of uh, the uh, Ob- the, I mean, the, the Ankh, mm-hmm. which is being hoisted by an, an orb. <laughs> you know, it's it's something else. You know, things that you've seen before when you look at them in a new light. I mean, God it's not you know. <laughs> sometimes the truth is right in front of you, and you you, you you're not capable of seeing it, and then. It's almost like you're listening to an old Led Zeppelin song, and all of a sudden you hear this sax part that you never knew was there before, or something. Something weird was there. This looks funny too. What is he doing? Talking on a on a pipe there. Kind of looks like. Yeah, it. he looks like he's smoking something. <laughs> Look at the side. You know, you see this picture. You know, you know, it's only three inches by three inches, but you know, to stand there. Sometimes there's a picture of a person standing there, and you get a. A balance of the uh, yeah, I mean, the they're, they're, they're sculptures that are like life size and bigger that are made out of granite 
that was like four hum four people hollowed out between them, but all touching at the shoulder and all carved out of one piece of granite. Hammer and chisel? Hammer and chisel much? Or, or, you know, uh, um, um, what, arrowhead? I don't, how do you? Oh, you go to school for that. Yeah. You go to school for that. (laughs) How how do you, what did they have? Tree branches? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you pick the hardest substance to, to work for, to work with, and, and you get magnificent results. And uh, where's the bad stuff? I mean, it looks like they always perfected great stuff. I, I imagine they thought they were leaving us the 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 map to what they did, or the in these hieroglyphics. I imagine. Well, it's a language. The hieroglyphics, you know, it's yeah, like the it, kind of It's like Chinese it. art. Look, here's the winged, the winged disc. The uh, I don't profess to be an expert. I just I'm I'm just an average guy that's curious and, um, you know, this stuff is you. It's hard to prove anything beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yeah, it and sounds circumstantial. To, it's more yeah. of um, what you how much of the stuff you believe in, and then it starts to affect you overall. I think, you know. Well, you try to separate the the static from the uh, the the noise, you know, the the signal rather. The uh, there's so much out there that's just assumed to be done by aliens. But we're not talking about aliens themselves. They could just be providing. The, well, we uh, may cover. We may go there. We ha- we may have. <laughs> You know, people are so asphyxiated with this this word aliens, you know, and they 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 all everybody thinks it's the little gray uh, creatures that we see associated with the Roswell story, but as far as civilizations go, you know, uh, it, it, it's been recently uh, uh, said that uh, astronomers are coming to the conclusion that there may be millions of humans out there, life forms of different sizes. But yet human and human nevertheless. And their spacecraft could be gigantic and can be small, depending on which planet they come from. A big planet could, prov- uh, could provide growth of enormous uh, dimensions and size that compared to us, we five-foot humans, six-foot humans, we, 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 we will uh, insignificant. And... Uh, the arrival of different civilizations from different stars that have different conditions for life to evolve. I mean, who knows what's, what size were in these craft that, that came here and left an impression that, that, that made the people that were here adore them and worship them. You know, I have a picture. Maybe that's what the eye of Horus is. I have maybe, a picture. Maybe that that's I... that's what the eye of Horus is. Is that you have to be open to it to see it hmm. in the first place. Well, it stands for the I mean, third eye. Yeah, it goes know, without saying, really. Intuition. <laughs> but I have a photo of a, a picture that I always say is worth a thousand words, and it's a it's a picture of a a spacecraft landing with a. Uh, Neanderthal. Neanderthal. <laughs> uh, 
standing on a rock, uh, looking over his shoulder and looking at this uh, craft land. And he's got a, a curious look on his face like, wow, what's that? You know, and that, and that in, in essence to me represents how, it all, how everything began. Because after the arrival of whoever came here, interacted with our DNA of the Neanderthals, accelerated the uh, achievements of the Neanderthal until they passed into Homo sapien. And then, you know, civilizations were prospering after that change in the the DNA of the the brain capacity of the uh, Neanderthals. Because well, that missing link that we always talk about in archaeology. Sounds like that's an episode to itself right there. Oh, sure. <laughs> and, and, you know, it ties back to the, to, the, to the stories that we hear about ancient Egypt and the Anunnaki hmm. in, in, in the Sumerian text who, who uh, have a lot of um, input into the creation of man and the... Uh, the symbol of life uh, is this uh, tree of life you always see sometimes in uh, symbols. And the, uh, the medical symbol is a, uh, a picture of the uh, two snakes wrapped around a, uh, a stick. Uh, yeah, that makes me feel real healthy, real safe. You know? Yeah, the two snakes. <laughs> but that symbol is the, is the DNA molecule. and uh, uh, the, the DNA... Um Double helix. Double helix. It's a representation of, and you you you've seen that in some of the hieroglyphics. Yeah, I've seen it in, in other uh, other cultures. I've, I've seen that one that looks like a helicopter. Uh, I mean, it really looks like a helicopter. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's, that's why it's good to, to browse through a library. If you, you find some interesting books that have good uh, good photography of uh, these locations in Egypt and Mexico and. They but, all they all point to uh, and what's your gut feeling here? You, the gut feeling help, is right? that they, they had, had help. They had that this help was handed down. They had help, Mister Bob Rea, They had help, didn't they? The, the The proof is in the in the acquisition of all this uh, information that was out for them to to use. I mean, they had knowledge of the way where the planets uh, turned and how many days in the year. I mean, they should have been busy with trying to survive with plants and growing things. And here they are having knowledge of uh, the planets and uh, how many days there are in a year. And, uh, you know, what do they have somebody counting sit there? Oh, today is day one. Uh, tomorrow's day two. And, you know, this achievement of time and the study of time. To is, the degree uh, that they did. And I, I um, uh I don't know. The, the uh, use of, of the structures to help them understand how time moved. Yeah, and, and, and the and development the, and the conform, of time. The, how things conform to pi and triangles and positioning of stars and things is just really Yeah, far the out. mathematics of those game. things. I mean, to, to, to just to think about the, 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 the placement of the pyramid and, and just where it is, and it's not off by, by uh, you know, more than what a couple of centimeters off of 
true north and true south. Mm. They they say that at one time the the planet was more aligned with the well and it, well the, the pyramids uh, like the moon uh, moves a few feet a year away from the Earth and that kind of thing. So there's mm. some explanations that maybe the orbits were slightly different. Yeah. So that that would affect the, how long days last. Mm-hmm. But how so, would they know to to create a shadow on a pyramid in in uh, Mexico <laughs> that would trickle yeah. down the side and and cause a uh, an effect that looked like a a serpent uh, a going up and a serpent going down? Yeah, that's all good stuff. Yeah, w- w- we get we get carried away with this stuff because it's truly fascinating. But uh, we'll see you next week and. Uh, I hope you tuned in and learned something. Yes, and we appreciate all you in the Podbean room. I'm sorry I was a little handicapped today. Only had one out of my two devices really working for me. But, you know, I'm glad I had two, not one. Uh, we want to thank you all for coming through, especially GP Man, Shannon Lynn, Big Chief Thunder, 100 Yard Alchemist, Revolutionary Bro, Seeker. Uh, we got friends from all over Woody the Bush. All y'all for coming through the Podbean live chat app getting in on the action we'll be a little more interactive next time this has been why are ufos top secret podcast with bob bria we'll the ancient that. this is yeah. the ancient aliens this was like episode. The, kind of like yeah okay we'll call it that yeah all right you got it but the subtitle is rocks and the technology that goes with them <laughs> see you guys next week Why are UFOs top secret with expert 